I think Dan Hasty, voice of the Tigers High affiliate, the West Michigan Whitecaps. In the Midwest League, he is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, Daniel? And in your defense, it's probably much safer for you to be roaming the sidelines than an actual lion. I love Dan Campbell. I, he He's pushing all the right buttons. You know, he was chewing on kneecaps when he started. Now he wants a – and he didn't get it. And obviously, the NFL said no for – because I, you're pretty close. The lion sidelines to fans where the lion just jumps in. It's not like you're watching, you know, a bullfight where the lion just goes straight into. I'm not making fun. People are going to think I'm making fun of lions attacking people. But I just, I'm just the thought process. I'm just picturing that morning meeting in the NFL commissioner's office where some <laughs> poor intern has to walk up to Roger Goodell and say. All right, so on the agenda today, uh, we've got a 9.45 meeting, and uh, also Dan Campbell wants a real live line on the <laughs> sideline. I, I, just the headline alone, Campbell knew what he was doing, that he's going to be told no, and that he wanted a live line. I'm surprised it didn't get shut down at Allen Parker inside the Lions' executive offices. And they said, you know what? You know, Sheila Hamm probably said, you know, Brad – and Dan meet with her maybe after practice, you know, their three padded practices over the weekend. Hey, uh, hey, team looks good. Uh, J-Mo, you know, he's got to catch those balls. Uh, hey, Sheila, uh, can we have a live lion on the sideline <laughs> during games? You know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to go to Roger Goodell. And, and, and then immediately quick cut to Brad Holmes slamming the desk in celebration. It's the the literal, it's the lion war room, not the lions, right? It's it's actually just the Detroit lion. It's a Detroit lion. We're live inside the lion war room. We got him. We got him. Are you kidding me? We got him. (laughs) And inevitably, when someone gets eaten, they will be inside the lion war room. (laughs) We got him. Where are we going to get him, by the way? We got him. Where, where, Where are we getting the lion? Who's going to watch they this actually, line? They actually had that when I was doing the pre- and post-game show for the Lions. So I actually did the post-game show after being devoured by a real actual Lion. It was uh, it was a real new spin on broadcast. Yeah, it could be Anthony Bellino, the in-house video guy, going, Yeah, right now I'm inside the Lions. <laughs> it's radio history, right? I love it. I really I don't do. understand why we didn't think about this. You know, just the, the fact that he wanted it. He he knew what he was doing because he was never going to get it approved. I don't. Does anybody? I know the Broncos have the horse before the game. I think that rides out there. The obviously you know Bronco horse. Does anybody else have live mascots anywhere in the NFL? I was thinking about that before we went on. Why doesn't every team have a version of their real life mascot at their games? I mean, Chicago Bear <laughs> have a grizzly bear. This is the Chicago Bear. There's uh there there's an actual Minnesota Viking on his sideline. Oh yeah, I've seen that guy. Yeah, put down put down the bottle of Jack. Okay, all right, really. <laughs> you know, she so got the, the bear. Tigers could have the Tigers could have a real live tiger. They could do it with the Detroit Zoo. It could be a whole thing, a partnership. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the fifth inning. Can you get caught by a tiger? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, hey, it looks like you know, day, it looks like yeah, it looks like uh, Joe Sibniewski from Midland is going to get a hundred yard head start down the first baseline. If he can get around the field and touch home plate, 
He's going to win Meat for Life from Byron Center Meats. If he doesn't make it, we have an empty seat. (laughs) (laughs) Much like uh, when you actually go to the zoo, the tiger is just going to be sleeping the whole time. And so you can just intersperse the video board with cuts from that scene in the Hangover movie where they're singing about what the tigers dream of. It'll Um, It'll be very sweet. That's unbelievable. All right. Speaking of a former Tiger, uh, the deal reportedly I saw CBS Sports uh, just went down. Verlander's going to go back to Houston. You got Scherzer uh, going to the Rangers. I did tweet out, wouldn't it be nice if the Tigers had Verlander and Scherzer in the rotation? Could you imagine what a manager could do uh, with those two and more? A little reference to Leland and the Tigers, but uh, Verlander uh, back to Houston and pitching better than ever right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? I would say this. I think we've even seen the best version of Justin Verlander in Houston. I mean, I know we saw a really good version of him in Detroit, but the very it's not that hard of an argument to say that Justin Verlander threw the best baseball of his career as an Astro. So they know him. They didn't want to pay him what the Mets were going to pay him. I don't think many teams wanted to give a 39-year-old right-hander the money the Mets were going to. But I'd imagine that there's some money being eaten in this deal on the Mets side, I mean, they had to, what, take 30 some odd million dollars of Max Scherzer. So I would guess that there's probably some staying with the Mets in this deal. But, I mean, Justin Verlander knows that they can get the best version of him out of him. So even if he's 40 years old, I don't think you hesitate when you have a chance to go back like that. Well, you know, Rodriguez uh, and Lorenzen from the Tigers, Bob Nightingale, a well-respected baseball insider, did tweet out last night, I think it was, that – Uh, Both of those Tigers pitchers will be traded. They're not going to get a lot. I talked to John Vanderwall earlier today, and he said, probably what's going to happen is Tigers are going to walk it up to the deadline tonight, and if they don't get big offers, they're basically just going to give those pitchers away, which I agree on the Rodriguez side, but Lorenzen, to me, could be a two or three. You go out and buy a frontline number one during the offseason. I I wouldn't trade Lorenzen. Uh, if there's not uh, a quality payback, but I'm tired of hoping that minor leaguers are going to pan out. I see the Rodriguez move, but I would keep Lorenzen. Well, I'll say this. You know, Baseball America put out an article earlier today that gives everybody a really good reminder that prospects are exactly what they are. They're, they're, they're not major leaguers, right? They're hopeful major leaguers. And they even said, you know, on average, over the last I think it's 20 years, 20% of prospects traded in these types of deals go on to major league success. And that's a broad definition, but being a major league contributor. So if 20% is the going rate, you know, you look at when the Tigers traded Justin Verlander, they got three prospects back, Daz Cameron, Franklin Perez, Jake Rogers. And guess what? One of those guys is a significant major league contributor in Jake Rogers. So that's pretty much the going rate in this, in this situation. So when you are dealing, you have to be willing to hold out. And I like the fact that the Tigers haven't made a move yet. Yeah. And I agree. And I think Rodriguez will be dumped regardless, because I doubt he's going to, you know, re-sign or opt in uh, for the final year. And then Lorenzen, uh, you know, emerged as one of the big surprises of the season. And what I do like from Harris, when I look at Veerling and green looks like a future all-star for years to come Torkelson, I don't think is going to be an all-star, but he could be a guy that hits 265 and 20, 25 homers and 80 RBIs. Uh, I just, I, I like everything that's come together with this team. 
Uh, there are question marks that if you do get rid of a Lorenzen and Rodriguez, what's your rotation next year? Will 2024 just be another year where you hope young guys uh, can step up? So there's the good, there's the bad, and then there are the question marks, and bad would be Baez where you know uh, he's going to opt in. He's not going to give up that money uh, next year. So if you're Harris or his assistant right now, Danny, uh, what do you do? Not only looking at well, the rest of this season where you're only six and a half out, but looking at 2024. Right. So, and, and I am actually Scott Harris's assistant, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, the, the truth is this, you have to play the asset management game, right? Michael Lorenzen, not under contract next year. Eduardo Rodriguez, probably also not under contract next year. So you, you got to get something for those guys. And the truth is, is that Rodriguez is, is the best of both worlds. I mean, there is a world where he does opt in, and that can be a good thing for a team that gets him. I mean, that can't be necessarily the worst thing in the world if a guy ends up opting in after doing what he's done so far this year. But keep this in mind, too, Bill. You, you've got to make space next season for a guy like Casey Mize. He's going to be healthy next year. You, at least you hope, obviously, coming off Tommy John. So you've got a guy coming back in Mize. You've got to make room in the rotation for somebody like that. And truthfully, I like the young pitching depth. I think Matt Manning has thrown the ball well over the course of this season. I thought he was up to 98 last time out. Uh, curious to see if that keeps up, because if it does – that's the kind of Matt Manning we saw in the minor leagues, whether it be West Michigan or Erie. So that's interesting. Tarek Skubal's finally starting to get healthy, too. you got to keep that spot open for him. So, I mean, the young guys there are talented. And the Tigers have shown this ability to craft and develop pitching, specifically pitching, whether it's their bullpen, whether it's their starters. They're much farther ahead on the pitching side than they are on the position player side. And Scott Harris has mentioned that. So, I think that's what you do. You look at that as your organizational strength, and you deal from that to try to make up for your organizational weakness or the one that you're trying to develop further, and that's obviously the position player side. Yeah, I'm looking at John Morosi. He's saying uh, with Verlander heading back to Houston, Michael Lorenzen becomes the focal point of the pitching market along with uh, Erod. So uh, like I talked with Vanderwall, I said – I believe once a Verlander deal is done, uh, you got time left here before the deadline, and the Tigers will move uh, Lorenzen and Erod. And with desperate teams out there trying to make the playoffs or hold on to playoff positioning, they could uh, get a good haul. But my question is, more prospects. What's 2024 like? We'll see. Uh, Dan Hasty, by the way, he calls a great game uh, for the Tigers' high-A affiliate uh, the West Michigan Whitecaps in the Midwest League. Uh, he's one of our Tigers MLB insiders. Just want to get his thoughts here on trade deadline day. Uh, Dan, uh, thank you for your time, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely, Bill. Anytime.